Hello, and welcome to episode 192 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today we're talking bands, space, <clears throat> and uh, the changing face of magic, which seems to be something we go back to a lot. Yeah. I think this one's going to be a little ranty, so I'm going to apologize in advance. That's fine. And, uh, the more that I wrote, the more ranty it got. And then today's uh, video there for Infinity really drove a couple nails into into yeah. into your uh, into your brain or into into the coffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll. Uh, uh, I've been given homework to watch that video and see if I get progressively angry, angrier <laughs> as it goes. So that might yeah. be what I'm doing after the podcast is snuggle down to go to bed and watch Mario talk about space. Yeah, um, all coked out. All co- yeah, man, we went to space, man. It was great. <laughs> I feel alive. It's like, Mario, calm down. You know what's uh, better than just space? Circuses space in space, carnivals. Man. Space circus. The clown robots. It's just like they just took dice. Like the uh... All the clowns are robots, but not all the robots are clowns, just to be clear. Oh, thank God. I, I didn't yeah. I wouldn't be confused. You know yeah. those like dice that you buy you get two dice and you roll them and it's like your band name? Yeah. And like We you have know. we have domestic dice at work. What oh you do? Yeah, or if you don't know a problem, you just roll the dice and replace the blank. <laughs> there you go. Change the blank. Yeah, exactly. It it came up space carnival and robot yeah. clowns. Yeah. And it was like, okay, that's what we have. That's what we're doing. So if you would like to uh, send us your thoughts on space carnivals and robot clowns, uh, all of our social media links are in the description below. Absolutely. Hit us up. Um, if you're looking to support the show, there's two ways you can do it. First off is one that's of no cost to you, our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Head on over to TCG player using that app and or using that link and anything you would normally be purchasing if you purchase through tcg player will help support the show so any singles from dominira united if you're looking to pick up the warhammer commander decks or infinity cards i guess if that's your thing um buy them a tcg player help support the show at the same time if you want to support us a little bit more directly you can do so at patreon.com slash casual mtg Patrons got to listen to more of me ranting this week on our pre-show, so sorry about the double duty, guys. Uh, patrons also get access to the show notes, so they get a sneak peek of what we're going to be talking about on the show. And you get put on my mailing list for when I have givebacks to send out. So if you're interested in any of that, or if you just really like us and you want us to keep doing this, uh, send us some money. Patreon.com slash casualchiredmtg. Yeah. We'd appreciate it. Uh, did we get Taylor in there? I zoned out for a second. We did not. We do have a new patron that we need to shout out. Thank you to uh, Taylor McDonald. Yes. Signed up to be our latest patron, so Thank we appreciate much. it. We definitely yeah. appreciate it. Yep. Um, so we had, I guess on Thursday or Friday, there was a tweet from Gavin that was like, hey, there's going to be a popper focus band announcement on uh, yeah. Monday. I think it was Friday it came out. Yeah. And so, um, I, my first thought was like, okay, maybe they're dealing with the like affinity issue. Yep. But instead, uh, they just ban like the new deck in the format. 
which mm-hmm. was Turbo Initiative. The brand new deck, because these cards were just put on Demoto, right? Yeah, like really recently. Like it was, um, I've been watching um, the Epic Storm, which is Bryant Cook uh, playing mm-hmm. combo decks. And he, on Wednesday, was like, yeah, uh, I wanted to play this deck before it gets banned. Like people are saying it should get banned. And I at least want to do one league with it before it might get banned. Mm-hmm. And so he played it. But so they got rid of the initiative cards. Well, they, they got, got rid of some of them. Some of them. They got rid of. It seemed like the hard line was if you were four mana, you were banned. Yeah. yeah and also if you were in the wrong colors, you were banned. Uh, black and yep. red, I think. Yep. So basically the the deck was you ritual into one of these initiative cards that were four or, you know, usually four mana. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you get the initiative and you get to, and you basically build like an un, you build like a, an advantage just by getting the card down. Yeah. And we were talking about on the pre-show that like, part of me is like, Hey, it's probably fine that if you play a four mana, five, three, in a format that Lightning Bolt is legal. Mm. Like, that's probably okay. Um, But, like, you know, you, like, ritual it out, but then it pays you back because the first uh, uh, chamber of the Undercity is tutor a land into your hand. So it's, uh, oh, gosh, uh, Lay of the Land. You just get Mm -hmm. a Lay of the Land for free. Um, God, these cards are awful. I had not looked at how awful they were. <laughs> so the 5-3 is 5 mana. So it's 4 and mm-hmm. a black. Has menace. Gets initiative. The red one is 3 and a red for an 0-4 defender. Yeah, it's a wall. Get the initiative. And I guess it has something. Target creature gains menace in haste. Okay. And then this other one is a 1-5 for 4. Whenever it becomes blocked, uh, that whatever creature is blocking it uh, loses 5 life. Uh, it's control mm-hmm. loses 5 life. And then the blue one is a 1-4 with flying for 3 and a blue. We just got a 2 and a blue 2-3 in Dominaria United. So, like, the initiative does all the work on these cards because... The rest of their text box in power of toughness is garbage. Right. So basically the deck was get the initiative and I guess the initiative triggers every um, upkeep if you have the initiative, right? When you get it and then on upkeep, right? Yeah, I don't 100% know how initiative works. Um, I didn't play any of Baldur's Gate. The only time I ever played with initiative was when we were playing uh, PDH with Brad on stream there. Um, and I had and, no idea what was going on. It was just like, uh, dude did a bunch of stuff, and then I was dead. And I was like, yeah. okay, cool. <laughs> I'm dead now. Actually, I think uh, I think we lost to that vicious battle rager. Was one of the ones that we yeah. lost to. Because one of them's like put five plus one plus one counters on something. Uh, so it just makes the thing huge. So the the second level is the forge. Put two plus one plus one counters on target creatures. Creature. Oh, okay. And then there's trap right after it, which is target player loses five life. 
Mm. So, like, if you go down, like, the one side of the dungeon, you just get, like, uh, to kill your opponent pretty quick. Yeah. Tons of value. Tons of value. Um, so they banned these cards because the format was starting to... There was a fear that the deck was too powerful and, like, getting to ritual these cards out on turn two or, you know, on, like, the god draw turn one yeah, was just too much value. Yep. Um, so, like, I don't, I don't play really any popper and i don't know the ins and outs of the format so i don't really feel comfortable speaking too much on like the health of popper or whatever but there was a lot of things in this announcement that kind of made me think and like all of that stuff leads into like what happened today with infinity yeah well Um, before we do that I, i do i've been paying attention to popper and like watching some stuff okay so there's I not a format expert by any stretch of the imagination, but like the idea that one, we need to monitor the rituals, yeah, because it's making uh, for multiple cards being problematic. Yeah. No, like you've like the rituals enable like decks that otherwise could not exist, mm-hmm. that like aren't that bad. Even like when they're played when it's played quote-unquote fair Mm -hmm. it's not a problem right and part of the announcement was that like um everyone's complaining about uh affinity but it's uh uh win rate is barely over um 50 percent 50 matches or whatever so i went to uh mtg metagame it's one of the sites it's the one that if you ever seen the uh the matrix where they have just like the decks and then the matchups i looked at the last month basically so from the beginning of this month till uh today Mm -hmm. to look at um win rates and on mtg metagame affinity has a win rate of 57 percent so well That's over 50 more than slightly over 50 yeah. percent <laughs> now there's also mono red burn that is 64 percent which is probably all the fact that uh they put monastery swiss beer yeah into the format and like hot dogs is one of the best decks now and then some other and that had 103 matches then there's some like lower matches like is it fairies had 56 matches and was at 55 percent and whatever Gates control is was 68%, but it only had 87 matches, so small sample size. But they also, uh, Turbo Initiative made it onto the list, and it had a 54% win rate. Now, it won both challenges this weekend, so I don't know if this is just like a knee-jerk, oh my god, it won both challenges. Yeah. But from what I had heard and seen other places, I'm pretty sure that Affinity had the highest win rate of the weekend. Yeah. Like, Affinity won, but it's one of those things, like, when you... Back in my day, when we'd watch an event, uh, right? Like, <laughs> you know, there'd be, like... There'd be a deck that, like, won the event, and then you'd look at, like, the top 32, and there'd yeah. be 14 of, like, the exact same 75. Yeah. And it'd be like, huh... I know that one deck won, but 
the deck that did best this weekend is the one who put 14 decks in the top 32. Right. Right. And it's like, I know that Turbo Initiative won, but, you know, Affinity had the highest win weight for the weekend. I am, uh, like, if you are worried about rituals being a problem, making other cards, like, unfair or broken, Mm -hmm. can we remove the 10 indestructible uh, (laughs) artifact lands from uh, from the format, please? Yeah. Uh, like I've pitched the idea on Twitter to like Brad, like, Hey, if we really like the idea that this like lets us have, um, like these red green mid range decks that ramp with cleansing wildfire, mm-hmm. just make indestructible lands that aren't artifacts. Yeah. Right. Like, ta-da, I fixed it. Yeah. Right. Done. And then you don't, and then, ban the artifact lands and you get to keep your the deck that everyone likes mm-hmm. and get rid of or at least bring to a power level it was a year ago <laughs> before it got indestructible artifact before lands. it got indestructible artifact lands like it lost yeah. a tog and it's still the best deck in the format yeah um so or one of the best decks maybe the problem is the artifact lands and I think that the artifact lands also go into what you were going to talk about. Just like the fact that we're printing cards without any like thought on its on their impacts in formats other than like the limited environment that they're going into. Right. Right. Yep. It's like, oh man, monastery Swiss beer at common would be would really prop up this like red blue spells archetype in what was that double masters? Yeah, was I that, think so. Yeah. Right, it'll really prop that archetype up. That'd be really good. And it's just like, oh, you put an uncommon that is pushing rare power level, like Soulscar mm-hmm. Mage is a rare. Right. Um, and I think Swift Spear, like in a lot of circumstances, is just better than Soulscar. Yeah. Um, if you if you had to cut four one drops, I think you cut Soulscar before you cut Swift Spear in your mono red deck. I agree. Um, and we're just without thinking like, oh, this almost a rare. We're going to stick into the all commons format. <laughs> no one thought no one brought that up at a meeting. Yeah, like, not a problem at all. Yeah, there's no wrong answers in a brainstorm. But after the brainstorm, someone's supposed to go like, OK, <laughs> now that we thought about it, this is an awful idea. Right. Um. So like just the like lack of thought of like how things interact beyond like the like specific format they're being designed for yeah, or, or put into like, let it be limited or commander or whatever. It's just like, Oh, it looks good in this for a, as a limited card or a commander card. Who cares about anything else? Yeah. And like, that's kind of the aspect that I want to look at this through. Uh, like I said, I, I don't know enough about the format to know if rituals are a good or a bad thing. Um, Part of me would say that, you know, rituals is one of like the last bastions for you to play rituals in a meaningful way, right? Mm-hmm. They've been banned out of modern. They're, you know, some of them are, you know, whatever. It's one of the last places you can play the rituals. Um, but also, I understand, you know, the flip side of that where, you know, if you're having to ban cards constantly because they're just being turboed out with rituals, then is the problem 
you know, the cards or is the problem the rituals? And I get both sides. I, yeah. I don't have enough experience with the format to say yay or nay. I don't um, either, but like there is just the idea of dark ritual was fine and popper mm-hmm. for like years. Right. And now you're fire designing ridiculous four drops. Yeah. And it's like, whose fault is it? Not expector now coming at common. <laughs> yeah. Like whose fault is it that this, that dark ritual is now quote unquote too good. Yeah. Is it dark ritual's fault? It didn't get any better. It's just the things right. that you can put into play off of it have gotten significantly better. Yeah. It's kind of like the, uh, when walking ballista died for Heliod sins. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like walking ballista was just chilling. Didn't hurt anyone. I mean, anyone. it was a good card, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't. What certainly was not ban worthy. And then it's like, oh no, we printed this other card, so we have to ban Walking Ballista. And it's like, there were all these decks that Walking Ballista like went in and did stuff in, and this one particular card breaks it. How about you get rid of the card that breaks it, and not the card that was just chilling, minding its own business? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Is with Fire Design, we keep getting this a lot, right? Yeah. Like, you know, well, it, it's the same argument that like legacy players have had with Delver, right? It's like the days force of will brainstorm thing. Like people, there has been conversations saying that, you know, pillars of the format should be banned because yeah. every time a new set comes out, there's a card or two that push that deck way over the edge. So there's, instead of there's a new threat, right? Yeah. Like ponder, brainstorm, preordain are fine for legacy and were for a long time when like the best thing was a three, two for one that occasionally was just a one, one for one. Right. Right. But now that you have, you know, you you had a two, one for one that like gave you mana and drew you cards. And then a one, one that like helped you get through your deck and became Mm -hmm. a three, three flyer. It's like, you just have to keep banning the threats out of Delver. So it's like, well, why don't we like ban the cards and enable Delver? And it's like, they were fine. Is right. that we've just like, because Delver didn't really get like a new threat before like this recent rash of threats until since like Delver and like uh, Deathrite Shaman. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I mean, it was Grixis Delver with Gurmag. With right? Gurmag Angler. But like that made you do way more work than. Uh, yeah. Like, it's, like, just a 5-5 vanilla, which mm-hmm. just... But, like, you had to put cards in your graveyard and, uh, and like... Uh, well, now dr- you have the Talarian Serpent, whatever, that's 5-5 five, five Ward 2. Mm-hmm. That doesn't one take mana cards investment. out of your right. graveyard. Like, uh, Writhing uh, Necromass is the same way. Not that it would go yeah. in Delver, but the same kind of thing. It's like, oh, Gurbag Angler, you you could only cast one of you could you put like two or maybe three in your deck because you're like I'm only gonna be able to cast one or two of these. You yep. just slam Talarian serpents, mm-hmm. but like Dragon Rage Chandler, it's like oh it like fuels itself and gives you selection. Like you're gonna see like your entire deck every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's not a problem. But brainstorm, the card that's been around for like 28 years or whatever. That yeah. that's the issue. But yeah, there's a lot of just like we keep printing these crazy threats 
and then we have to ban them because we did not think about what it would do. Yeah. I actually saw a funny funny meme today, kind of a little side note, but it was the uh, the Peter Parker with the glasses meme, mm-hmm. and the top picture is all fuzzy, and it's like a fuzzed out picture of a Tellarian serpent, and then mm-hmm. he puts the glasses on, and the bottom picture is Merc Tide. Tide Regent? Yeah. Yeah. Thought hey, that was like, <laughs> like, um, I got over here some Kappa Cannoneers, mm-hmm. right? Um, how word Ward Four on that card basically is just hexproof, can never kill it. Yep. Right. Like, if you get a Tolarian Serpent down on like turn three, which isn't out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, if you go like Dragon Race Chandler like cast two spells mill two spells kind of deal like mm-hmm. you're you're close on turn three right they have to eat their entire turn to kill your thing and lord right. help them if they missed a mana drop a land drop then they're just like i can't ever kill this yeah so or if you had a daze you let them pay the ward and then daze it <laughs> oh yeah just like uh you're done now just yeah. pick them all up yeah. It was a fun time. I've and then done you waste planned them the turn after. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah. It was it was a fun time for all of us, but I think I guess I have to go. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it's just not it's it's a it's an issue of power creep, I think, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. And oh, like it's kinda like uh oh gosh, what was it called? Birthing pod, right? We have yeah, to the ban- reason they banned it is they said that that was keeping them from like printing different creatures. It was limiting design space. Yeah, and uh, well, perhaps we needed those guide, guide rails. Yeah, <laughs> we we need we needed that seatbelt on us, yeah. the governor on on creature design. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like as cards get more powerful, like the older cards that still get played is like, well, that must be the problem. And it's like, no, no, it was good for 10 years. Right. Like it's like, you can point to the card that made it not good anymore. It's right here. But yeah, yeah. like there's probably going to be more, you know, like Lord, I knows that like what's going to happen in whatever the next set is Phyrexian madness or whatever the next set is called. Yeah. Right. March like, of the machines. Or March whatever. of the machines. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be some like busted, like four drop common, black card and it's gonna be like oh man dark ritual is really a problem it's like no you printed a five five trample menace at common yeah. that's the problem yeah obligators at common now <laughs> yeah <laughs> welcome to fire design yeah all right so sorry about cutting you off go ahead what were you well, saying that's all right um i was just gonna say like because i can't speak a whole lot on the actual bannings um I Gavin released a video like mm-hmm. to go alongside the banning announcement and I watched the video and there was some interesting things that like I pulled or gleamed from the video that I thought were worth talking about. And we talked a little bit about in the pre-show about how um, like our view of the game has changed since we started mm-hmm. doing this show. And one of the things that I pay more attention to now than I used to is like design. I feel like, you know, me being so critical of current magic design, um, like it behooves me to pay attention to how they're designing cards. And one of the things he said made me kind of rethink how they're designing cards. Um, Gavin said that 
one of the things that makes Popper a unique format is because Popper doesn't have access to the same engines that other formats do. And like that was the verbiage. He said Popper doesn't have access to the engines. So, you know, me being me and, you know, us talking about what we talk about a lot, got thinking, you know, is this like what the problem is with magic lately? Is, you know, we've been seeing these engines and talking about how to building, you know, build around the engines and, you know, that's kind of supplanted like mid-range decks is like you have to build an engine in now. Um, but is the problem actually that they're designing engines and not cards? Like, are they coming up with an engine that works and then saying, okay, this this is the loop that we want to do. Let's split this up into three cards. Or this is the loop that we want. Uh, or this is the thing we want to incentivize. Let's yeah. make a card that incentivizes that. Like, right. like Risen Reef, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, like we want a card that pays you off and then pays you for every elemental. So you play a bunch of elementals. Yeah. Or Edgewalling Keeper, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of them have been an uncommon because yeah. they're trying to support draft archetypes. Yep. Right? We, want, we want our draft to be this interesting, fun thing where you like can get this card and like build a deck around it, and mm -hmm. then they forget that standard exists and you can just buy four of them. Right. And then that just becomes a thing. And so, yeah, I could definitely see that like... They say, like, I think there's a lot of, like, how do we make X draft archetype good? Mm -hmm. Or they, like, you know, test the limited environment a couple times. And they're like, oh, man, like, blue-green just didn't get there. What if we yeah. made it if ri that Risen Reef triggered when any elemental came into play? Yeah. Oh, that would make it way better. So it's not just a coiling, or coiling oracle. It's a coiling oracle for everything. Yeah, everything coiling oracles when you have it out. Oh, yeah, that's way yeah. better. Yeah, 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 that would that would really fix it and make elementals more competitive and limited. Yep. And so I think there is some of that where it is focused on limited, and they don't. Well, I mean, I don't think it's just focused on limited either, though, because there's engines at other rarities. At, at rare, yeah. Like Omnath, like we're talking about elementals, but Omnath is an engine. Yeah. Like it's an engine that gets you value every turn and. I don't, I don't know. And it might be, it might be that as we, we kind of get into this a little bit later, right? Mm -hmm. Is like how much of this is we're designing engines to be commander competitive? Yeah. That's and a so, whole nother part. <laughs> so we have to like make the engine has to be good. And, uh, you know, we, again, pre-show talk, uh, we were mm -hmm. talking about how, um, um, like, it used to be that like commanders were six, seven, eight mana, like big things. And right. now those are considered expensive commanders that are harder to play. Yeah. Right. Because you can only play them once or twice instead of three or four times. Mm -hmm. So, well, we want, you know, Omnath to be played as a commander. So we're going to make it four mana instead of five. Yep. Or four mana instead of six. Yep. And so we're going to like knock down the, uh, the the rare the the mana cost and have this engine and make it cheaper and make it more competitive in the commander space yeah but 1v1 magic isn't set up to handle the value that you have to get in 3v1 commander or 3v1 right. magic so that is actually the next thing we're going to talk about 
um, according to Gavin in his video, uh, being at lower rarity, things like Monarch and the Initiative give Pauper access to an engine that wouldn't like ordinarily be at common power level. Mm-hmm. And both of those mechanics are multiplayer mechanics. Uh, Monarch was designed for Conspiracy Draft, which mm-hmm. was a multiplayer format. And Initiative, obviously, was for Baldur's Gate, which was for Commander, which is a multiplayer format. So you're getting you know, kind of overlap, things creeping down out of these multiplayer formats that are being playable in single-player formats. Even... Um, you know, Legacy was playing, was it Palace Jailer? They still play Palace Jailer sometimes. Yeah, because it gave you Monarch. Like, that card's not good if it doesn't give you Monarch. It's four mana in a deck full of two drops. Like, that's not, you know, where you want to be. But the card drive return when you're restricting your opponent's resources turns out that, yeah, that's a one-sided Highland Mine's pretty good. Yeah. Um. So. And this goes back to my point about like designing for limited formats and not thinking about the fact that you have constructed formats. Yep. Chad did not come into the design room and go like, bro, I need initiative at common, bro. That was yeah. not something that happened. Right? So like, you know, if you thought, think Monarch, which like has been a big part of Popper, what would... Mm-hmm. Is it is it not Thorn of the Black Rose? Whatever the Black Rose that uh, might be Thorn of the Black Rose. I think it is Thorn of the Black Rose. All right, that black card that gave you the Monarch, or um, uh, any of those Monarch cards at common, and these initiative cards at common. No mm-hmm. one made you put them at common. Right. Right. Well, it made the Baldur's Gate draft environment better. Cool, but you have to stop and think that like you have a an entire format that you made one of your designers the face of. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or he made himself the face of. hmm And you're just like, yeah, we're just going to YOLO. We'll see how it works out. Right. And... Let the peasants have cards. Yeah, but, like, you have... um, Like, so... You have Monarch. You have Initiative. They can't do another mechanic like this at common, right? Because then it's just they know it's going to get banned. Like not yeah. that Monarch got banned. Like Monarch is maybe the right power level, mm-hmm. but like there are entire decks like Boros Bully kind of built around getting the Monarch, right? Right, and Initiative is too much value. Yep. Right. So like, you know, they're gonna try to thread that needle between Monarch and initiative mm-hmm. and it won't be hard to miss too high like they should just kind of avoid these mechanics at common yeah um but again like that implies that they actually care about constructed magic yeah so which who knows if they do anymore yeah. anything besides edh at least mm-hmm. but yeah like you have these commander mechanics and like 1v1 magic's just not set up to like deal with them yeah, I mean, so even before we had, you know, these uh, multiplayer mechanics like Monarch and Initiative, like, I mean, we had True Name, right? True mm-hmm. Name was a card that was perfectly balanced and like maybe even not good in 
commander that you know was specifically designed with multiplayer magic in mind and uh you know was a staple in legacy for a long time to the point where wizards had to reprint specifically that commander deck did mm-hmm. did you know what happened i didn't know they printed that specific one after their initial run of commander products there were no more whatever it was mind seas of yeah, yeah. Or whatever so they just printed that deck like normally when they print commander decks it's like a set like mm-hmm. when you when the distributor sells them it's a box with like one of each in it and that's how your lgs gets their commander decks you can't just order a commander deck you have to order the set of them with this commander release they reprinted just mindsees because there weren't all the legacy players were buying them and stripping the true names out and there weren't any for the edh players yeah um it like you you see this more and more like that there are more like pre-con cards that are finding their way into like older formats right? yeah like kappa cannoneer we talked about mm-hmm. uh in that same deck uh what is it called the thing that turns something into a vehicle mm-hmm. uh it's basically like a swords to plowshares yeah that also is a combo piece because everything goes infinite with devoted druid um <laughs> right right but like you have the like i own some of those pre-cons the only reason i do is because that the blue white one had three or four Mm-hmm. legacy playable cards yep um what two that see legitimate play the uh, vehicle that like makes a pilot and draws you a card yep and then kappa can in the air and then yep. the the white whatever it is buckle up or whatever it's called uh is uh is like fringe playable but there's three cards that are legacy playable yep. and so we like, had uh anji's ravager is like the backbone of the madness deck yeah and another commander card um, and like, uh, like you would go to the store and I've specifically went to like, uh, the local targets mm-hmm. and like, there was like one of the blue white decks and as many of the other ones as you wanted, <laughs> Yep. please take them. But like, they're like, Oh, oops. We have three legacy playable cards in one deck. Right. Oopsie. So yeah, it just seems it just seems like they're like we don't care about anything else or we know we're printing cards that are legacy or commander power level because we need to get those players buying these products they otherwise would not buy. Yeah, I mean that's the whole reason that they made Modern Horizons, right? Is like they realized that they were printing things directly into legacy and legacy players were buying them. So they want to do the same thing to modern. Yeah. Because like, oh, hey, like they bought all the true name nemesis decks. Yeah. So what if we like printed a true name nemesis deck in uh, into modern? Then we get all those players or yep. uh, right. Like it started and we, we missed it initially. Right. With uh, uh, like Golos and those mm-hmm. cards where it was like, oh, this is a commander card. But we didn't realize that they had missed, right? They were consistently missing on the commander cards and they were just busted. And it was like, oh, you look at a card and go, used to be like, this is a commander card in your head that equaled bad. 
And then it became. I this was is playing a uh, Explorer today and got Golos like completely off of the face of the earth. <laughs> was it mono red? There's like this red. No, it was like an Asika's chariot or uh, Asika, the god oh. that like made legendaries mana dorks. Okay. And it just like ramped super hard. The, and the only time I've seen that card recently is like, like mono, like red colorless, where they have the uh, the indestructible, the indestructible like pay five get five. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And cascading like, cataracts. Yeah, cascading cataracts, and they like ramp into that. But, like, I distinctly remember being like, oh, yeah, that's just a commander card. And then playing against it and going like, oh. Oh, oh yeah. a 3-5 that is also rampant growth is right. is good. Oh. Yeah. So, like, they've missed with those cards so much. But they were like, we got to get commander players to buy standard cards. Because mm-hmm. they're not. So we got we to gotta seed, you know, a handful of commander cards in every standard set. Yeah, and then uh, and now we're to the point of like Dominary United, like we talked about last week. I think it was last week, um, where it's like, hey, none of these rares have anything to do with the set or anything mm-hmm. else going on at Common and Uncommon because we needed forty five cards for Commander <laughs> at Rare and Mythic. Yeah. And it's like, what does this? What does this card have to do with? What does this Naya Dragon that makes dragons when you're other dragons deal excess damage there are like three other dragons in the set yeah but we needed a naya dragon commander oh okay like don't you have a commander product for that but i i needed needed standard commander players to buy these stupid dominaria united collector boosters yeah okay well do you want to uh i guess that kind of leads into the next thing is getting players from a different format to buy product for for like whatever you're producing instead of whatever they buy product for, right? Yeah, basically we have moved to like um so there was there was a time where this product is not for you. Mm-hmm. And I think they have switched to we need to make every product for everyone because yeah. that sells the most cards. And the way we do this is we put cards for every format. Yep. In, and we hope a couple hit. Yeah. So, Unfinity, yeah. as, as we know, is split between acorn cards and not acorn cards. Correct. Uh, I think the technical terms are acorn magic. You can play acorn magic, and that would be what Silver Border used to be. I hate it. But okay, so you have acorn magic, which is silver bordered, fun. What color is your t shirt? So your land taps for that color mana. Yep. How many hats are you wearing? Yeah. Um, verse, um, like real can be played in commander and legacy magic cards. Eternal. Eternal. So in vintage. Eternal. I, yep. I did not vintage. mean in popper, I guess. And popper. That yeah. is correct. So what's weird about like, Unfinity in doing this is like if you're not drafting it, like uh typically unset cards do not have much value. No. And so like the typical pack you're underwater for, right? Like if you just get a pack of Dominator United, more than likely that pack is going to be worth less than mm-hmm. um what you paid for it. 
Yep. Right. But you got the high of opening a pack. Now you throw in the fact that like half the cards in your pack are silver border and basically are at zero. Like yeah. your pack has to be like even worse of a of a of an open. Well, think back to Unstable. When Thinking. Unstable okay. came out, the last uh, mm-hmm. the last unset, the full art basic land that was in every pack at the time of release was worth four dollars. Because mm-hmm. every card in the pack was worthless. So the only like people wanted the basic lands, and the only way to get the lands was to open the packs, which meant that the lands were worth the price of a pack. Yeah, and like uh, they've they've realized that if they put base, full art basic lands in every pack, full art mm-hmm. basic lands are worth nothing, right? Because every set has like a new full art basic land, so we've had to go from full art basics to full art shocks. <laughs> yeah right because like there's no reason like, like if you're like here here's a full it used to be there are three or like there are six full art islands mm-hmm. pick your favorite now, now there are 66 full art islands in the last two years yeah now there's 66 full art islands like yeah. they are way less because i remember like BFZ being excited, they brought back the Bowl Island. I was like, "Oh, sweet! I like right. the Bowl Island." I was not going to buy Bowl Islands at Bowl Island prices. Mm-hmm. This is great, and now it's just like, "Oh, there's a Pokeball Full Art Land. There's a Stained Glass <laughs> Full Art Land. There's a Skyscraper Full Art Land. Yeah. There's a Japanese Red Swamp. Uh, like, uh. so yeah." They well, have... hang on before before we move on from this. Um, I really wish you had watched this video before we started, because your comment about Shocklands was right on point. Uh, there was a point in the video where Maro said, "We realize that we've done too many full art basic lands, or something along those lines." Is you know we do full art basic lands more frequently now, so I wanted to find something we could put in the land slot to get people excited. So I went to the higher-ups and said, can we put shock lands in the basic land slot? And they said yes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I, I just... How many of these shock lands are there going to be? Uh, I think they said one in every 25 draft boosters. Okay, so... It, not but as... it's in the basic land slot. Okay. Because, like... Okay. Which I... means that if you open one in a draft pack... It's you not don't your rare. have to draft it. You just get your land. Oh. Okay. Yeah. In the collector boosters, they're way more common. Okay. But in the draft boosters, it's... So I guess one per box, one in every... Well, two per box, because there's a box topper as well. Gotcha. Okay. So, um... But yeah, he, he like literally. What what else can we do to get people to buy packs? Oh, let's put shocklands in. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it is weird that we are making a product that we are having to sit down and go like, how can I trick people into purchasing these this product? Yeah. Ooh, I know shocklands, or ooh, I know make half the cards playable in formats people actually care about. Right. So, with that, 
half the cards are new are, are playable roughly i think is it like half i think it's more than half oh god okay yeah um too many cards are playable in legacy and commander Le- legal we'll Le- we'll say legal because the set's not spoiled yet i don't know how yeah. playable they are fair are legal and legacy and commander and so the mechanics that they come up with matter more now right they do because they will be part of your game whether you like it or not yes this is kind of builds on like the the universe is beyond argument where mm-hmm. like they said we'll just don't play with them or whatever but like even if you don't play with them they're still part of your game because you're going to run into them yes they're so. still part of your experience right all right, so we have attractions. Yeah. Attractions. What is this? So attractions are kind of, I don't, I don't know how many of our listeners played uh, Unstable, but Unstable had contraptions that you could assemble. So it was a separate pile of cards that, you know, cards would reference and tell you to assemble a contraption, and then the contraption went from its own pile to in play and then did the thing um attractions are kind of like that where you now have an attractions deck which is i guess a new game zone an attractions deck that -hmm. you bring with you when you're playing with attractions and cards will tell you to open an attraction card and when you do you'll take one off the top of your attractions deck and put it into play um once it's in play They trigger like a saga does. So at the beginning of your first main phase, you will trigger your, um, I guess, all of your attractions. And you roll a D6. And then whatever number you roll on your D6, as long as you have a highlighted number of on your attractions that's that number, you'll do the thing. So the attractions all have like a little scale on the side with numbers one through six. Um, six is always highlighted on every attraction and then otherwise they're kind of like randomized as to what's highlighted. So if you roll your dice and you roll a four, but the four is not highlighted, your attraction's not going to trigger. But if your four is highlighted, your attraction will trigger and you'll do whatever the attraction says every turn until the attraction leaves play. And there are artifacts. Yeah, they're artifacts. A very easy uh, card type to get rid of. Well, I mean, it's not super hard to get rid of them, but it's not not a creature either. You can't lightning bolt it. Yeah. Um, At least they're not enchantments. That'd be really hard to get rid of. Yeah. So, um, as we have found, uh, is... When they take things that used to cost mana mm-hmm. and remove the mana cost from them and give them to you for free, mm-hmm. they end up being pretty powerful. So, yeah. like, compare scavenging use to graveyard trespasser. Right. Right? Like, paying a mana for the scavenging ooze effect, fine. Paying zero mana for the scavenging ooze effect, great. Right, and getting that effect over and over again for free, very good. Mm-hmm. So, much like uh, some of the other cards we've had, like uh, adventures, right? It was like, 
oh, if this is like a mild, if the front side is mildly playable mm-hmm. and the back side is like costed like a regular card would be costed, yep. then these are all super playable. See, yep. uh, a Bone Crusher Giant and Brazen Borrower, right? The right. spell half was fine. Fine. The creature half was the cost of that creature without the spell on it. Right. Playable. So if there are cards that have you open an attraction that are fine. Just a card. Yeah. yeah just like a regular magic card. And then you can like accrue enough value off of the attractions. Mm-hmm then like those cards get played. Mm-hmm. So uh, how did you say how many, is there a number of attractions that you have to have in your attractions deck? Yeah, I think there, I think they said there's 45 different attractions in the set. Okay. Um, there's going to be two per booster, I think. Okay. And you draft them like normal. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're playing limited, you have to have three of them. I think it was three. When you're playing constructed, you have to have ten unique ones. Okay. So your your attraction deck is singleton. Okay. They all have to be different. Have to have different names. Different this names, is another okay. thing. Because there's different versions of each attraction where the numbers are highlighted differently. So like so we have on here was it Haunted House? Haunted House, yep. Yeah. Okay. And so your haunted house, if I can find it again, there we go. It has two numbers highlighted. Yep. Right. So this one, the the one that's on Mythic Spoiler has the three and the six. Mm-hmm. Right. So you could get one that has the three and the six, but you could get one that has the one and the six or the Correct. two and the six. Yep. So I would assume that you wouldn't get a haunted house that has three numbers highlighted and one that only has two numbers highlighted. Yeah, I'm assuming that they're like the number of the ones that are highlighted stays the same and it's just the the actual numbers that change. Okay. So you but have to have the, they don't count as different attractions for the purpose of your deck. Yeah, it's it's there's you can have one haunted house regardless of the numbers. Right. Okay. So like if you have a card that is at that line of playable, like mm-hmm. maybe this isn't great, but it's good enough, mm-hmm. right? And there's three or four busted encha- uh, busted attractions, mm-hmm. right? Where they just missed, and it's like, oh man, if I get this fifty percent of the time, if I get this every other turn, I win the game. Yep. Right. And there, if there's enough of those, it's like, well. I will take the, like, you know, the math isn't great that 40% of the time I hit one of my busted attractions and then half the time I then uh, get the effect and I'll win the game. It's like, oh, I get a 20% win rate bump if I if I play this stupid card. Right. So the one that you have up as, like, yikes, this might be, like, right at the line. Yeah, so this was the card that they used to show how attractions get put into play. And it's a lifetime pass holder. Single black mana or a 2-1. By itself, that is like borderline 
Yeah, I mean, not obviously not in legacy, but like that's an acceptable stat line for pioneer or standard. Mm-hmm. Um, it enters a battlefield tapped. When it dies, you get to open an attraction, which will get you value every turn from here on out. And whenever you roll to visit your attractions, if you roll a six, you return this to the battlefield. Sally. So it's going to, it's going to give you a chance every single, or it's going to, when it dies, put an attraction into play and then give you a chance every turn to bring itself back so that it can put another attraction in play. So, well, it, it, so basically if the game, if you play it on turn one and your opponent immediately bolts it mm-hmm. by turn seven, statistically speaking, you should probably have hit, have brought it back. Right. Right. So that's just find value. That's no mana. Right. To bring it back. Right. And then, um, at some point in those six turns, I'm assuming you will have triggered whatever contract or whatever, uh, attraction you opened also. Yeah. So, Right, so like we talked about Haunted House. What does Haunted House do? Like, do I need to be worried about Haunted House? And Haunted House says, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, exiles beginning of your next end step. So like, you just get to uh, entomb something or uh, reanimate something. Uh, score out the life loss. Like Goryeo's Vengeance or oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Shallow yeah. Grave. Yep. So you get the Shallow Grave something for zero mana, half the time. Mm-hmm. Now that, you know, it would suck if it was your 2-1, but right. you get to reanimate something half the time, or a third of the time. A third right? of the time. It's two numbers. Or you have Hall of Mirrors, which has two numbers highlighted, and you get to choose a creature you control, and then all your other creatures become a copy of it. If they're mm-hmm. leg- if that creature is legendary, the copies aren't legendary. Um. Because legendary is just flavor text to make commanders now. We don't want it to actually be a drawback. Yeah. Um, Because there's a ton of cards that are like, make a copy. But if it's legendary, that's fine. Yeah, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. We wouldn't want you to not have fun. Um, So yeah, this just makes all of your creatures the best creature you control. Mm -hmm. Right? Not like a huge legacy effect. But like, again... It's happening for free. Like, if it's just, like, play a two-mana 2-2, two, two, get an attraction. Depending on the attractions, that might be enough. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, that it's, it's scary that we have these cards that, like, you know... And that's not even talking about, like, the stickers, right? We have these yeah. cards that are just going to be doing, like, weird things, like... Here's my here's my Badlands into Lifetime Passholder. Yeah. Uh, I will cast Deadly Dispute, get my attraction, mm-hmm. roll my die. Like, that just seems like yuck. Yep. Like, that's, that's not what Badlands was put on this earth to do. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, yeah, like, it's weird that, like, it seems like this product and it's like couldn't stand on its own 
as being the fun draft environment. Like that, which is like crazy. I, I mean, unstable was a riot to draft. I probably did more paper unstable drafts than any other format. So, like, is it just like kind of a well? So maybe it works for the draft format, but mm-hmm. there are collector boosters. Oh, right? there are collector boosters, and you're yeah. not going to be able to move collector boosters because you don't draft those. Right, and like. You can make the fanciest, uh, what is this, bar entry with a little acorn at the bottom that means it's not playable anywhere. You can mm-hmm. make the fanciest, shiniest, full artiest version, but no one's going to want it. Right. Right. So instead, they're like, well, we have to make cards that people actually want in the fancy full art version yeah. so that they will buy those packs. Also, how are those collector boosters going to work? Because, like, I'd be kind of mad if I opened a collector's booster and, like, you know, 40% of the cards were unplayable foils because they were acorns. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like, that just um, seems like awful. There is a breakdown of what's in them, but I, I didn't look at the breakdown. I don't think I'm interested in buying yeah. collector boosters of this product. No, Nor am I. But, like, um, it just feels before weird. Before we... I was just going to say before we move on here, um, how many, like if all of the rest of the ones that are spoiled are of the power level of like fortune teller, I think fortune teller is probably like acceptable to be, you know, in your attraction deck or haunted house or hall of mirrors or even like concession stand. Like if they're all of that power level, like how how many more do we need of that power level for like this I, to make a splash? I guess I don't. I'm not seeing fortune teller, but that it's could... just scry one. It just scries one, but it hits on half of. It's a fifty fifty shot. Oh okay. Like scry one every turn is, or every other turn is good. Like, yep. do you remember old Thassa? Mm-hmm. Like three a two and a blue. Yep. Devotion, so it was nothing unless you had five blue mana symbols and it just scried one each turn. Yep. That was great. Card saw yep. like two of play and like modern merfolk for a while. Mm-hmm. Right? Like scry one every turn is fine. Um pro- like I think Make a to- game object from concession stand, I think, is fine. Mm-hmm. Right, we we've seen how good make a game object is. Yeah. So I think that probably like if they're all of this power level, like they're, I think that's you're fine. They're gonna play, right? Yeah, and like would it, like how bad do these have to be for it to like not be worrying? I guess is the better question. Um, gain a life. <laughs> yeah, gain a life, like. Scry one's a small effect. So, like, if the scry one only hit, like, a third of the time. Yeah. Right, then you'd be like, uh. And you had talked about, like, like when you roll a six and you, like, hit all of your, like, right. all of your uh, things go off. Or the, um, right, what if the number three is the one that is highlighted on the most attractions? So so that's the other thing. That's what we were talking about in the pre-show a little bit 
is there's different variants of each of these with different numbers highlighted. So like, I, I don't know, like are some of them going to be more valuable with a two highlighted than with a one highlighted? Yeah. Or like, you know, like, Oh, every one of my attractions has the two highlighted. Yeah. So, you know, I have two chances to have every attraction I have on the battlefield do a thing. And like, I think if you have like two or three of these that you like get to hit all Mm -hmm. in a turn, that's just probably like too much, right? Like you, you know, deep down that one of these is just going to say like draw a card. Yeah. Right. Like one's going to say draw a card and one's going to be like, get three tickets or something. And they're going to have missed up tickets like energy and not realize that three uh, that three tickets is a card. Yeah. And it's going to be like, oh, man, like I get three tickets. Or I get 1.5 tickets every turn because this triggers off of three numbers. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Or, you know, Dart Throw is uh, an Acorn Magic exclusive, but it triggers off of four numbers. It hits two-thirds of the time. Yeah. So, right, if there's something that is, like, you know, make three tickets for, and it hits two-thirds of the time, like, I hope that two tickets isn't a card. Right. Right, because then you just, like, lose tons of games to weird ticket stuff. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. Like, I think these are, like, right at that, like, level. Like, Haunted House is fine. Right, like some weird janky reanimator deck, mm-hmm. or just like the value you got from like having other things in your graveyard. Mm-hmm. Fine, like I was playing magic, creatures went in my graveyard. I got one back for free. Right. Fine. Sold. Like it's just anything that they give you for not for no mana has been a problem recently. And this is a yep. lot of things for no mana. A lot of things for no mana. Um, And like I said, like going back to, you know, where we started this with the lifetime pass holder. um, Like if you're playing any sort of mid rangey or controlly black deck, the, uh, the opportunity cost to have four of a one mana two one in your deck that has built in recursion. mm -hmm. Like that, that big, you know, a big deck building cost (laughs) or like, if the uh, attractions are actually good, right? Yeah. Your blue white or bank control player on legacy might actually have to spend a prismatic ending mm-hmm. because they don't want the thing to die in like you start sp- the train. Yeah, you spin into like some ridiculous attraction and then like bury them with like food tokens or whatever. Yeah. Right, like, oh, well, I make food tokens every turn, and I need the food tokens to power this other stupid thing. Yeah. So, and I did like the the thing that you pointed out that what if now in Legacy, like, it's worth two percentage points of juke mm-hmm. value to just have an attraction, an attraction deck. deck. Just yeah. with you at all times, I have an attraction deck. No way to get attractions. Right. Right, and you know. We all know yeah, magic players. Like, yeah. Right. Like they're going to do that, right? Like we had the whole like now you just have to play Snowlands because not playing Snowlands leaks information. 
Right. Right? Like, well, we've got to play Snowflake, so they play around Ice Fang Coaddle. Even though now you're you not playing... you just need an attractions deck. Yeah, now you just need an attractions deck. So they, like, play around, like, okay, so if they play an attractions thing, what do I have to do? And you're like, yeah, I don't have an attractions card. I just have the juke. It's like, the I, don't, I don't have Ice Fang Coaddle. I just have Snow Basic, so you think I might have Ice Fang Coaddle. Right, like, oh, I don't want to tack into what might be Ice Fang Quaddle here, so I'll pass. Yeah, and it's like, haha, I didn't have Ice Fang Quaddle. I just saved myself <laughs> two life. Right. So, so. there's a one more problem with attractions that I foresee. Okay. How on earth is Magic Online going to handle an attractions deck? Uh, by melting your computer into slag. Like, I don't, I don't think it will. Like. There have been a number of cards that just have never made it to Magic Online. Like, a lot of Commander deck cards don't make it. What ends up happening yeah. is is they figure out what cards are, like, playable in, like, whatever formats. And then six months later, they put them on. Well, I think, uh, you know, we just spent, you know, 20 minutes or however long making a case that it is completely feasible that I think Lifetime Pass Holder and some of the attractions will be legacy playable mm-hmm. um and the the problem is like traditionally when they've had to put these commander cards onto magic online they do so through treasure chests right mm-hmm. like that's how they get them into the economy well you can't really do that here because you need 45 attractions plus whatever enablers it's not like you're putting a card on magic online you can put lifetime pass holder on Magic Online, but then you have to put all forty-five of the the, the attractions. Uh, the attractions. So, like, yeah. this has been a problem with uh, Legacy on and off, mm-hmm. uh, which is there's like on the online metagame, right? And then there's the physical card metagame. Like, there's the actual metagame where you have access to all of the cards. Yeah. And then there's the Magic Online metagame where you have access to the cards that someone on high thought were going to be good. Right. And, like, there's often, like, a disconnect where, like, they don't line up. Well, so this isn't just, like, a legacy thing, though. Like, if you look at uh, Mythic Spoiler here, there are attractions that are common. Dart Throw is a common attraction. Fortune Teller is a common attraction. Um. So dart throw is is acorn magic. It's acorn, but yeah. there are common attractions though. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's ten common attractions, you're in the same like popper players are in the same boat as legacy players are, where it's strategically incorrect to not bring an attraction deck with you. Yeah, and I don't know how we like. I just feel like they, they don't care. Yeah. Right? Like, I think that's what it kind of boils down to. Uh, it's just like, we're doing this. We're making these legal in Popper, Legacy, Commander, Vintage. Mm-hmm. So that those players are going to pay attention to this set release. Yep. Maybe buy some, maybe go do a draft they wouldn't have otherwise done. Because they're looking at it and they're like, oh, this looks interesting. And then feel compelled to like buy singles because 
what if we missed? Right. right? Or they're going to think, well, what if they missed and, you know, lifetime pass holder like spawns an entire new archetype. I need mm-hmm. to get that card. And so now they're going to buy singles, which is going to cost someone to crack packs, which is going to put money in our pocket. Yep. So it is, it is going to lead to a popper meta game and a paper meta, a, a, a magic online popper meta game and a paper uh, popper meta game, which was the case for a long time when the two band lists weren't unified. Right. Right. Cause before the, the band lists were, you had the online band list and then the paper band list and they finally brought them together two years ago yep. or something. I don't even think it was that long ago. It was a year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you don't have well, the, it, it leads to a bad play experience. Yeah. And this is like the, the reason why I wanted to talk about this all in one episode instead of splitting it up into two episodes is because this is the same exact thing we were just talking about with the popper bands where with the popper bands, it was a multiplayer mechanic that's causing the issues. And now we have a commander mechanic, like they're designing these cards for commander nerds so that they have a place to play them once they've already drafted them. Mm -hmm. So we have a multiplayer mechanic that gains incremental value over time, i.e. an engine that now popper players will have access to for their decks. (laughs) Yeah. So like, it's not fixing the problem because we know for a fact there's going to be a like ETB get an attraction card. Mm -hmm. Right. Like for a fact. And it could very well be at common. Mm -hmm. Right. So then we have, I'm sure there will be some at common. I mean, I don't know how aggressively they're going to be costed, but what if it's, I don't know, four mana. And so it's like dark ritual, play this on turn two, get my attraction, trigger my attraction. Uh, Ephemerate is no longer legal, or is it? Uh, I think Ephemerate is banned. But cloud shift my thing, get another attraction. Yep. Right? Like, we're going to talk about the turbo attractions deck in Popper in, uh, gosh, like three weeks. Is is the blue thing from AFR at Common? The one that lets you roll an extra die? The Pixie? Oh, um... Is it is the pixie um uh is it an extra like d twenty or is it just like I think it's just anytime you roll a die you roll an, an additional die or something. Uh let us look. I remember that card. Um I vaguely know the art. Um I should probably do We a got a job. dice factory and popper now. Dice different kind of dice factory different kind of dice factory uh blue all right it was like a blue two drop yeah it was like a one three flyer or something yeah apparently the word just typing in the world roll does not do a good enough job to it still gives I think it was me like pixie something yeah uh but like i don't know like but yeah like anything that like lets you manipulate how many times you roll dice yeah, there you go. Pixie Guide. It is a common. Yeah. If yeah. you would so roll you one or one or more dice, instead roll that many dice plus one and ignore the lower roll. 
Yeah, so, so there you go. I just broke the pauper format. You're well, welcome. So the lower roll is interesting, right? Because this would in- it would incentivize you to get attractions that had values. that had four and five highlighted. Yeah. Right. As opposed to having one, two, or three. But like, if you had like you know four and six on all of them and five and six, right. Then like pixie guide, you know, takes your odds, makes your odds way better. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, that would be, that'd be interesting. But yeah, we are just getting these like weird engines. Like it, I think we've talked about this before. Like, we don't need, like, a new mechanic for every set. Right. Right. Like, the game is pretty good as the game. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, removal spells, creatures attacking and blocking. Yep. Was, like, a fine game. And the vast majority of the time, the mechanics are for, like, limited. Mm -hmm. Right? Like... And, like, pump spells, removal spell, attack and block was fine for limited for years. Yep. And, like, now it's like, well, no, we've got to come up with some new revolutionary mechanic. And, you know, that's going to be what we're going to do. And it's like, but but we, we had a fine game. Mm-hmm. And just, like, for example, like, I have no idea what Wizards of the Blank do. But, like, <laughs> it's an entire paragraph of text and the font is smaller than normal magic font. Yes. And it's a common. It's a common. Like it just does whatever it is, is doing a million things. I don't know if they're good, but it's like, dear God, like that's a rare level of text on a common. Now it might just say absolutely nothing. I'm not going to like read it, but like it is a lot of stuff. Here we go. Well, when this creature enters the battlefield, you may put a sticker you may put a name sticker on it and look at the top X cards of your library where X is the number of unique vowels on that sticker. Put one of those cards into your hand and the rest of the library in any order. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have hit the low point for society. <laughs> I had to spell out what the vowels are. The reminder text is the vowels are A-E-I-O-U and why and why and why but come on it's like i understand when they like they could have just been like uh we made why a vowel for this not list all of them it's kind of like when they're like (laughs) remember odd or even zero is even zero is even okay fine but they didn't go like remember evens are zero two four (laughs) six eight ten yeah like you might not know vowels. There's also have... one other thing interesting about these cards. I'm trying to find one right now and I don't see one. But uh there's some cards that refer to distances. What? And Wait. they put the distances in imperial and metric measurements. Are we playing Warhammer 40k now? Do I need to like? Well, there was I, 
they read one off on stream. It was like throw this card from a distance of three feet, parentheses, approximately one meter. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't see one right now, but they're there. Uh, yeah, but we're gonna have to get like the, like the uh, the like the lasers that the forty k people use to measure yeah. distances. Oh, here we go. Uh, exchange of words. It's not in the rules text, but it's in the flavor text. Okay. This is, uh, hang on, let me. Gotta get closer. Before criticizing, walk a mile. Parentheses. About one point six kilometers. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, interesting. So, there's yeah. one more card that we that we saw from today's spoilers that is at that weird spot of, like, this might be good enough. And also, what are you doing? <laughs> we now have a, a planeswalking space dog. We do. This Comet is a stellar pup. Yeah. I assume he uh, came from a, he's a Russian cosmonaut. Oh, could be. Much like the, uh, I don't know if you played the Guardians of the Galaxy game, but they have a Cosmo. The the Russian dog became like yeah. sentient and like lives in nowhere. <laughs> and has, has telekinetic powers. This is this dog. Yeah. All right. So what, what does this thing do for two red white? Uh, it's a five loyalty planeswalker and only has one loyalty ability. It's a zero loyalty ability and you roll a six sided die on a one or a two. You add two loyalty and then make two one, one green squirrel tokens. that gain haste till end of turn on a three. You minus one loyalty, then return a card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to your hand. On a four or a five, it deals damage equal to the number of loyalty counters on him to a cre creature or player. Then I think that's a minus three. And on a six, you add a loyalty and you can activate its loyalty ability two more times this turn. Um, I When I first looked at this, I was like, what are these weird symbols? Are these <clears throat> tickets? And you're like, oh, no, that's loyalty. I was like. Oh, yeah. Oh, boo. Um, yeah. yeah, like it's it's close. I think the thing that holds it back is like, if you're gonna pay mana for something, you're you want to know what it does, and the fact that you uh, don't know what it does, <clears throat> you know, makes it hard. I mean, yes and no, though. Like if you're playing, um, I mean, I know it's a different format, but like modern uh, red, white prison. Mm -hmm. I don't really care which mode it is as Fair. long as it's some sort of value every turn. So if you, you know, in legacy are set up behind, you know, a chalice and a blood moon or whatever, and you're just trying to accrue your value until, you know, you grind your opponent into dust, then doesn't matter if you make two one ones or you rebuy a fetch land or, you dome something for five. 
Okay, to a creature. That is so weird that it doesn't say to a target creature or player. So do you not target? Deals damage uh, equal to the number of loyalty counters on yeah. him to a creature or player. Does not say target. So like it's oh gosh, is it it's kinda like um Oh gosh, uh Cancel Judgment? Maybe. Where like it could kill a Capricorn in the air without paying the ward? Maybe. Because you don't target it. You don't target it. Does not say target. That is so weird. Are we going to just find out that, like, they're... They D-Zero errata? Yeah. That they were like, oops, I guess it was supposed to say target. Yeah. I mean, um, if Dinosaur Stompy and Soldier Stompy and fill-in-the-blank Stompy has taught me anything about Legacy... is Pupper it, Stompy? Pupper, yeah. Space Dog Stompy? Cosmonaut Stompy. Cosmonaut um, Stompy. Is that uh, you can win with anything behind yeah. a Chalice of the Void. Yeah, ham sandwich. Doesn't matter what Doesn't it is. Matter. Could be a space dog. Could even be a space dog. Hey, you can play this on turn three with a soul land. You sure can. Um, ooh, and make plateaus great again. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> or great ever. But there we go. <laughs> make plateaus great. Uh yeah, like, again, like, it's at that line where you look at it and you go, like, it's not crazy. It's just the situations where, like, your opponent has, like, you yeah. know, a Gurmag Angler. And you're like, oh, man, I really need to roll a four or a five. Right. And you roll, like, I guess, like, the only, in that situation. Well, you really the, just roll not a three. Yeah, roll not a three and you're good. Um, So I guess that's fine. But, you know what I mean? Like, or they have, like, a Dragon Rage Chandler. And you're like, oh, man. Yeah. I really need to, like, spin into, like, deal five to this thing. Right. And instead, you're like, make two one ones. And you're like, well, it's been fun. Yeah. But no, it's, like, this almost feels like a card they could have, like, made in, like, well, I guess they did make it in regular magic. That's why it doesn't have an acorn on it. Yeah. Yeah, like. As I say, it is regular magic now, which is yeah. weird, right? Like, we ha- like I have to get out of the mindset of this, like, not being a real magic card because it is a real magic card. Yep. And I think that's the, that's the hard thing, right, is for years we knew what a real magic card was. Mm-hmm. We knew what one looked like. We knew, like, the general templating. And now, like, real magic cards have the kids from Stranger Things on them. And Chun Li and Guile, Rick Grimes, Rick Grimes, not even Rick and Morty, just Rick <laughs> Grimes. Yeah. Uh, I would probably buy the Rick and Morty secret layer. <laughs> probably makes me a bad person, but I, I pickle would. Rick. What oh pickle yeah, Rick uh, I think it would have like Defender. Yeah, because uh, it wouldn't be able to attack. Clearly, it'd be like an O one, but it would like draw awesome. you. Two- it would like it would draw you two cards. Two cards, yeah. Because Rick is very smart. So <laughs> it would draw you a card when it entered the battlefield and when it died. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh tap, say wubba lubba dub dub. <laughs> <laughs> um but like yeah, and then it 
it's like we've lost what like a real magic card is. And I have kind of pushed back against that, mm. like personally. So like my cube, I went through and like initially I had ordered the fancy versions of some cards for the cube. Yeah. And then I was putting it together and I was like, nope, I want no. regular magic card borders. The only fancy thing I will do is I will do the retro frames of cards that are in old board. Make them more like regular magic cards. I will cards. make them more <laughs> old, right? So, like, I have, uh, like, basically an Elementals deck for that I play in Explorer that I also could, like, I have all the cards or most of the cards for to play it in Pioneer. Mm-hmm. And I regret that when uh, Omnath came out, I bought the fancy Omnaths. Mm-hmm. And, like, because I, I bought them because I was, like, this will be the more desirable one that will be more expensive. And then they printed like the, the meme card of no text on card. That is a wall of text. Yeah. And I'm just like, I wish I just had the regular boring version of this card. And this sucks now. Um, but yeah, like I've pushed back and been like, no, I want magic cards that look like magic cards. And, like, when I buy the fancy version, it's like, I am buying this because maybe other people will desire this more. Mm-hmm. And I will sell it to them or trade it to them. Yeah. But, like, I don't want to play with this version of the card. Which is weird. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, magic is a changing. And if they miss with any of these... Like, this is what Popper and Legacy become about for some amount of time, right? We miss with Adventures. We miss with Energy, but not hard enough to go into old formats. Right. But I think if if Kaladesh was released this fall, there'd be a modern modern Energy deck. Probably. Because they would have missed with it because they didn't understand Energy when they first did it. And they would have been fire designing cards. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Rogue Refiner would have like made three energy and been a three three and drawn you a card. <laughs> right? Had vigilance. Yeah. And, you know, Bristling Hydra would have just had hexproof. And then you yep. could have and, and it would have had it or it would have had trample. It would have the mm-hmm. same stats but have trample. Yeah. It would um, have been three mana. Or or like when you cast this, get three energy, so you couldn't kill it in response to the trigger. Right. Right. Like, it would have had some tweak that you're just like, oh my god, this is so oppressive. Um, so, you could like... Cast it in your graveyard. Yeah. Pay a black, exile four other cards, put it onto the <laughs> battlefield. Um, yeah. Or pay four energy, exile three cards. Yeah. Um, but, like... Like, I just worry when they have these things that are, like, new, that it's, like, how much did you test this? Yeah. And, like, did you test this in a situation where people were, like, actively trying to break it? Probably not, considering it's an unset. Yeah. They were just like, Morrow, go nuts. He was like, yeah. cool. Here's I- a bag of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a bag of Coke. Uh, some blank magic cards and a sharpie. I need a set <laughs> next weekend. All right, man. Show us what you got. Woo. Um. 
junkyards. <laughs> um, so yeah, contraptions, but not contraptions. <laughs> what if there were contraptions you could ride? <laughs> oh, I like it. People right. like rolling dice, right? Let's do that too. Like, people literally hated rolling dice in <laughs> AFR. Hated it. Hated it. And we we're like, go back. You know what? D20, too big of a die. Six sides, much easier. <laughs> Everyone has a six sided dice. Only More nerds. For dinging the cards with. Yeah. Only, only nerds have 20 sided dice. So, yeah, it's it's scary because it is definitely just, like, we don't care about, like, anything that has come before, right? Like, baseball gets in trouble for being too attached to tradition, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, there's still, like, you could maybe squint and compare eras because the game's basically the same. Magic's yeah. just been, like, we care about nothing that has come before. Beans. We need beans. Yeah. That's all we care about. Bro. Bro, for me to get my new Lambo, we need to be up 10% this quarter, bro. <laughs> Chad also has got a little bit of Bernie Sanders in him in the impression, which is just funny. <laughs> he's the exact opposite of Bernie Sanders, but he's got a little bit of Bernie Sanders in it. Bro, let me talk to you about the 0.1%. Uh, bro. bro, I'm asking you again. Let's talk about the 0.1% of the 1%. <laughs> I need that many beans. I need the point one percent of the one percent beans. Uh, I've lost the impression of Chad now. It is all Bernie Sanders. <laughs> it's all Bernie Sanders. <laughs> it's all Bernie Sanders. I've ruined it. Um, but he's just got mittens on. Legs <laughs> <laughs> crossed. Yeah, bro, Morrow, bro, can you get me a bagel? <laughs> but yeah, it's just like we have, we have like it's. How many, how many dollars can we make this quarter? Yeah, and it's like, well, what about four quarters from now? We might all be dead. So, how many yeah. dollars can we make this quarter? Uh, I think we can make this many. Make twice that many. Go. It's like okay, yep. okay. What if we murder the game? Don't care. Yu-Gi-Oh's still around. They had to change their <laughs> starting life total and everything. <laughs> Games end on turn one. Like, sweet. Oh, man. Yeah. In three years, we're going to be like, you activated my trap card. We're like, no, we've got four. We already have them. Oh, Lava Ball Trap. True. Archive Trap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fair. Fair. You can say you activated my trap card. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we we went full Yu-Gi-Oh! Clear back in Zendikar. <laughs> OG Zendikar. Oh, geez, Endicar. All right. So with all of that, I think we have a show. Yeah, sorry about that. That was hey, a show. What else to be sorry about? We now know there are attractions, and I understand better how they're going to ruin the game. Because <laughs> I, I just saw, what is an attraction? I read the little rules card, and you're like, yeah, that's not how they work. And I was like, dang it, I read the rules card. <laughs> Why did it lie to me? So if you are... Excited about going to, like, a space carnival. Oh, hang on. I got one more thing. Speaking of reading the rules cards. Okay. Um, you you haven't gone through many of these spoilers, right? Uh, no, just, like, scrolling through some of them quickly. Did I you them. see uh, Devil Canevel? 
uh, Devil K. Neville. Uh, looking yeah. at it now, according to so Mythic Spoiler, it does something. Two and a red for a two-one with haste. It jumps it, over any number of creatures? It says when it enters the battlefield, jump it over any number of creatures. If it clears those creatures, put that many plus one, plus one counters on it. You can see a jumping demonstration on devilknevel.com. Have you gone to Devil K. Neville? I have not, but that that's on the card. Yes, it is. It's like the... Uh... Uh, what is it called? Well, the Urza. joke is that reading the card doesn't explain the card anymore because you now have to go watch a video about how the card works. Yeah, no, it it is. I think it's uh one of the people from uh, Loading Ready Run. I don't know what her name is. The girl who always wears the leather jacket. She's in a leather okay. jacket right now. Uh, but yeah, the rules of jumping, Devil K Neville. Yes, there is a uh, and there's also the Urza headmaster um card is yeah. here as well oh okay because remember urza just did a random thing from any planeswalker planeswalker ability yeah yeah so yeah that, that's the joke is that reading the card no longer explains the card because they've gotten so complicated you have to watch a video <laughs> it's it's pretty bad that you can't explain how to jump jump the card it's like, no, no, no. You have to go watch someone yeah. jump this card. Hang on. Can I pause my draft so I can go watch a video real quick so I know what this card does? Hey, before I draft this, does anyone know how what the draft jumping rules are? Is this like paper football? Do I have to sit on this edge and <laughs> flick it? Like, what, what do I have to do here? All right. So if you come up with a sweet way to jump Devil K. Neville, uh, yeah. you can... Uh, get at us on social media and send us your videos, your how-to jump videos. Oh, that would be great. I want to see some of those. Yeah, exactly. So I guess you can practice with, like, you can proxy it onto other cards and practice before yeah. you get the real guy in your hands. <laughs> right? Um, so check out our social media stuff, Twitter, Discord, Facebook, all that stuff is in the description for you. Yeah. If you want to support the show. Uh, two ways you can do it. First is our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. You know you're going to purchase Magic product anyway. If you purchase it from TCG player, you're probably going to get a decent deal because all the sellers compete for your business, low prices and all that. Uh, but you also get to support us if you use our TCG player affiliate link. We'll get a percentage of whatever you spend after following that link. We would appreciate that. Yes. Uh, if you want to support us more directly, patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. If you like what we do, you can chip a couple bucks in. You get access to our pre-show. You get access to our show notes. And you get put on my mailing list when I have givebacks. Be cool so, like Taylor McDonald. That's right. Become Thanks, a Taylor. patron. Excellent. All right. So with that, we'll catch you on the internet. We'll catch you on the internet.